what do the New Hampshire results really tell us? How bad is the migrant crisis? How will AI impact the election? Is Mark Burley a Hall of Fame player and more? All on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 261 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and as expected, in New Hampshire, Donald Trump came out victorious, and Bill O'Reilly proved himself to be the oracle, the sage. He knew what was going to happen. And we are seeing it in the reaction of the corporate media today. Donald Trump in New Hampshire beat Nikki Haley 54.6% to 43.4%, which in any metric is a pretty dominant win. But when you see how the deck was stacked, it is even more dominant than those numbers would have you believe. Although what you're seeing is the mainstream media telling you that Nikki Haley's still in this. It's very much like Keith Olbermann after Iowa claiming that Donald Trump only won 51% to 49% because if you add all the votes against Trump, it was 49%. So the anti-Trumpers want to leave logic behind. And rather than looking at what's going on, when there were multiple people in the race, this is always the way it has been. One of the reasons why this ranked choice voting started coming about, which was the concept being anyway, that you could have a multiple person ballot and try to glean what the results would be if you were to take one or two people off the ballot, you would try to say, well, okay, if Nikki Haley wasn't on this ballot, then Ron DeSantis versus Trump would have been this. Or if DeSantis wasn't on the ballot, then Trump versus Nikki Haley would give you this. As I told you about in the last random thoughts, again, big props over to big Bill O'Reilly and he's got himself a broadcast. He says you don't, he doesn't like what people call it a podcast, but you can listen to it in podcast form and you can go over to his site, BOR.com or BillOReilly.com, either work, I believe. And he laid out how New Hampshire does its voting. And I told you about that on the last episode. I hope you listened to it. In a nutshell, in New Hampshire, since there was no Democrat primary going on, Biden wasn't even on the ballot. Nobody's really running against Joe. That if you're in New Hampshire, you can walk in and change your affiliation. So if you're an independent, 
I'm guessing even if you're a Democrat, you can walk in the day of the primary and be like, I want to vote Republican today. I want to change because you can legally change how you're registered in the state. And all of the independents can vote in either the Republican or the Democrat primary in New Hampshire. And there was a lot of money going in for the independents, for the Democrats to go in and vote for Nikki Haley in order to try to make Trump look weak. These facts are very important. When you look at the numbers in New Hampshire, Donald Trump got 75% of the Republican vote. So if New Hampshire wasn't one of these wishy-washy states, for lack of a better term, that would allow an independent to come in, would allow a Democrat to come in and place their vote in the other party's elections. Donald Trump would have beat Nikki Haley 75 to 25 or roughly thereabouts. I don't know if even Nikki Haley would have got 25% of the votes. I'm sure there were some other people that got votes. So the fact that 75% of the Republican voters voted for Donald Trump, it was much more of a landslide than the 54.6 to 43.4 that the final results are looking like. In the exit polling, about 40% of the people that voted for Nikki Haley attributed their vote, they attributed their support of her mostly to the distaste of Donald Trump. Only about a third said they strongly favored Nikki Haley. So 40% said we only voted for her because we don't like Donald Trump. 30% more said they kind of liked her, but they had some reservations. Only about 33%, the magic number, strongly favored Nikki Haley. But she's staying in the race. And the question is why it's four weeks until. The next primary, which is in the state, South Carolina, where Nikki Haley was governor. And Donald Trump is expected to trounce her in that race because South Carolina is very heavily mega based. So the question then becomes, why would Nikki Haley stay in the race? She's most likely going to get trounced in her home state. And once that happens, I think her very minor chance at this point turns into a zero chance. So why does she want to do it? The answer to that, I believe, again, I'm going to credit this to the great Bill O'Reilly. He said that there's a very strong possibility at this point, Nikki Haley's going to come out and say, hey, Donald. The race is now down to just you and me. Let's have a debate. They've got four weeks until South Carolina. So there's plenty of time to publicly try to get this kind of stuff out there. You know how the mainstream media is going to handle this. If Donald Trump says, no, I don't want to debate you. You're not worthy of debating. Well, then the... Mainstream media is going to be like, well, haha, he's afraid of Nikki Haley. He knows he can't debate her because they're playing Donald Trump. 
now off to be Joe Biden. It's very interesting. I talked about that when it came to taking money from foreign countries. You never heard that about Trump until all the Biden crime family stuff started coming out. Then the mainstream media was all like, oh, no, Donald Trump's family was taking money. There were Chinese people staying at Trump hotels. Oh, no. Well, now they're trying to make Trump out to be a doddering fool because he mistakenly called Nikki at mistakenly. See, I'm going to have a senior moment right here. He mistakenly called Nancy Pelosi Nikki Haley. But I mean, those kind of things makes absolute sense, and it's nowhere near close to where Biden's mental capacity is at this time. Obviously, Nikki Haley very much on Trump's mind. So when you're speaking, you know, these kind of things slip out. You've noticed this with people of all ages. But all of a sudden, the media is jumping on any little gaffe that Donald Trump has. Saying he can't even read a teleprompter, which is hilarious. Donald Trump doesn't like to read teleprompters, it seems. But he can go off teleprompter for hours at a time and still be very entertaining and understandable and cognizant and and all these things that Joe Biden just is not. You listen to Joe Biden and you're like, you are not articulate at all anymore. If he ever was. He's very hard to understand. He mumbles a lot. He can barely read the teleprompter. But now, of course, the corporate media is going to tell you that's the problem with Donald Trump because he's getting old. But Biden, no, he's not. He's fine. But this is what you're going to see when it comes to Nikki Haley saying, hey, Donald, let's go out and have a debate. If he says no, it's a losing proposition. If he says yes, this gives Nikki Haley, somebody who shouldn't even be in the race, it would seem at this point, the opportunity to get the damage on Trump in because the mainstream media, no matter what, in a debate between the two of them would most likely have her as the winner and they would most likely not challenge any of the garbage that the she would throw out there at Trump because they certainly don't do that with any of the garbage that the Bidens and the Democrats throw out there when it comes to Donald Trump. So what the right answer is for Donald Trump, I don't know. Because saying no, you're going to get the negativity and the story is going to be that you know your capacity is no longer there and you can't have a debate. So how are you going to be? And really, I'm thinking in my mind, which I don't know where else I would think. These kind of things annoy me when other people say it. So I should give people more slack because it's like, I was thinking to myself, well, who else would you think to? Or I was thinking in my mind. If I could think in somebody else's mind, that would be nice. But I was thinking Donald Trump versus Joe Biden debate. I can't even imagine what that would look like right now. Joe Biden, I can't even imagine him talking to Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form and having a conversation that we would even be able to take anything from that would have any kind of substance to it. A debate would just be sad at this point. So why is Nikki Haley still in the race? The answer to that, I think, is to do as much damage as she can to Donald Trump, which is not going to be helping the Republicans because the Republicans at this point don't have anybody else. 
So Nikki Haley, I think, is only in this to be an assassin for the Democrats. I think she's only in this to further her own career. She getting money. We know she turned into a multimillionaire after leaving her job as governor. It is all politics, and none of it, as you know, is really any good. The interesting thing that you can glean, I guess, out of New Hampshire, and I know every state may be a little bit different, but the economy and immigration were at the top of the list for the things that people are worried about at this point. Abortion not even showing up anywhere near those other things. So the question will be, as this presidential race continues to form, what will be on people's minds at the time? Because that is the ultimate thing that's going to decide this. Now, if you assume that there is so much corruption that Donald Trump can't win anyway, you may feel like, why should I go out and vote? Well, I would answer that with, if you don't go out and vote, you cannot claim that, oh my God, they stole this from us because I know Donald Trump had a landslide. If you sit home and don't vote, then you don't know, then he might not. So unfortunately, you have to take part if you want to be able to have the evidence, at least in your own minds, that Donald Trump should have won. If you don't go out and vote for him, then you can't believe that everybody else did either. But it's going to be interesting, no matter what, the economy and immigration being at the top, the migrant crisis, no question is out of control. According to a report out of the Congressional Budget Office, I don't think this is going to surprise anybody. In 2023, 3.3 million undocumented people came into the United States. Yes, 3.3, 33, the magic number. One for every hundred citizens or thereabout. I mean, I'm not a great math major kind of guy but there's about 330 million people that are living in the United States, citizens of the United States, and 3.3 million people coming in in the last year alone. There's a town in the Chicago area here, Naperville, that's like, oh, well, maybe we could just have individuals sign up to take a migrant family into their private home. This is insanity this is using the example that i have in the past which was hey if you're the average person and somebody shows up at your doorstep and it's like hi this is my wife these are my five kids we're here to live with you are you letting them in are you saying oh come on in this is great this is the answer now that some people are trying to come up with and it's one thing to say hey, you know, do you have a rental property that's not being used? Let us use that to house some people. Do you have, you know, an extra apartment? Do you have a condo? Do you have something? But I don't want most of the people in my family or friends living with me. Sorry. I certainly don't want random people that I don't know coming into my home. Just imagine the problems that that would cause. This is the issue, again, 
when the people on the left want to be, well, you're really racist because you don't want these people to come into the country. The answer for those people, if they tell you that is, well, when they come into this country and have nowhere to live and don't have jobs and don't have any way to make money or feed themselves, their lives here are going to actually be worse than they were wherever they came from. At least it's warm in Venezuela. I don't even know what the heck all these migrants in Chicago did when we were below zero for four or five days straight. You have to have the ability to house and feed and care for people if they're going to come into the country and actually have a better life. And I think a majority of people are seeing just how badly the Biden administration has led the country down a path when the economy and immigration are the top issues. Those are the issues the most strongly in Joe Biden's pocket, in on Joe Biden's back, however you want to say it. When Donald Trump left office, the economy, inflation, the jobs numbers, all were pretty good. Joe Biden, not so much. Inflation running rampant. They want to tell you that, well, it's getting better. Inflation's going up less now. It's getting better. Can't you see? It's a great economy. And I'll just point back to look at your grocery bills from three or four years ago and look at your grocery bills today. And that may not even be a fair comparison because the grocery stores are out of so many things. And so many things have been so priced out that I can tell you, without a doubt, I used to buy more steaks. But when the prices got to where they were unacceptable to continue doing that, you start going with cheaper options. So you have to be able to look at things and see what they cost when Donald Trump left the country in Joe Biden's hands. And what they cost now, which is why I like doing my grocery shopping online. Although I think you can look this up as well for anything that was purchased in the store at the grocery chain we use, which is Meyer. You can go through and look up any of your receipts from years and years and years ago. And it makes it very easy to do those comparisons to be like, wow. What was the price of a dozen eggs four years ago? You can go find that out. And your checking accounts are probably way more bare. Your savings accounts are probably a little bit lower because people are dipping into their savings to be able to afford what they have to pay for the Biden food costs. And heating or cooling your home gone way up. Although I will say the answer that I talked about last year seems to be working yet again for us, which is set the thermostat at a much colder temperature and get a space heater to heat the room that you're in way more friendly on the pocketbook. And I wish that our home, the main area we live in, has a pass through. It's a split level. So there's a railing and all, but from the downstairs area here, you can see up into the kitchen. That just lets all of the heat 
disappear where if it was an enclosed room, I need to get like some plexiglass or something. So when it's really cold, you can just kind of put that up and try to close this area off a little bit more because I tested the space heater that we got a Vornado one. And there's plenty of decent space heaters out there. They're all pretty much the same. They're just taking electricity and turning it into heat. And none of them are all that different. But I put it into the basement one day just to see and ran it for a half hour with the furnace off. And it raised the basement, which is fairly large, about three degrees within a half hour. So there's a big difference in having a room closed off than not. But I digress. We know everything is costing more. And no matter what people feel about Donald Trump, I think this is a big misstep from the Democrats to not understand when will people weigh the personality issues with Donald Trump and whether they like him or not. When will they weigh that as being more important than the personal issues that they're having? And I think as long as their personal issues are good, well, then you can be like, well, Donald Trump, we don't like him. He's a bully. He posts mean tweets. We don't want his kind running the country. So let's give it to Joe Biden. Well, now when it's, you know, I don't really like this guy, but I made a lot more money. Things cost a lot less when he was in charge. There was no war in Ukraine. There was no conflict actively going on with people in mass numbers dying between Gaza and Israel. The world was a very stable place under Donald Trump. Even though everybody told us, oh, my God, if Donald Trump gets elected, he's going to bring us into so many wars. No, it turns out Joe Biden's the war guy. Joe Biden is the president that doesn't have the big stick to keep the rest of the countries in line. Putin was not running amok under Donald Trump. Under Joe Biden, we all see what is happening. And a fake Joe Biden was calling people in New Hampshire and telling them not to vote. So obviously somebody on, well, I can't say obviously. Because there's a lot of 4D chess going on here. There's a lot of games within a game within a game. But this is bringing to the forefront, this case, the use of artificial intelligence in the election. This came from a Washington Post article. So, I mean, we all know what side they would be on. But there were robocalls in New Hampshire in a voice that sounded very much like Joe Biden. I have zero doubt that one of the AI software systems was used to make a Biden sounding voice telling people it's not important to go vote in the primary. Now, I don't know. You could say this would be something that the Trumpers would want have wanted, because obviously, if it's a Biden voice calling people who are Democrats or hoping that they're going to reach Democrats or independents who like Joe Biden. But on the other side of that, I could see the Democrats doing that in order to make the other side look bad, which is the beauty and the danger of all this AI stuff, because you don't know who is behind 
putting it out there. And according to this article in the WAPO, a professor at the University of California, Berkeley, who studies digital propaganda and misinformation. I mean, what a job that must be named. Ani Farid says that one of the downsides of this AI generated content is it creates what they call the liar's dividend. And they explain that as something like if you catch a police officer, a politician saying something awful, well, now they have plausible deniability because as I brought up on this topic, when I started covering it years ago, you now have the ability to go, nope, wasn't me. Oh, that audio tape. Oh, no, not me. That somebody made that up using AI. I never said that. That videotape you have that looks like me doing something. Nope, not me. Somebody must have deep faked me. That's totally not me. And the technology, as we have discussed here, is not there yet and probably never will be that can decipher between a real video and one created from AI. There's also a quote from someone named Libby Lang, who is an analyst at the misinformation tracking organization Graphica, adding that, quote, if everything could be fake and if everyone's claiming everything is fake or manipulated in some way, there's really no sense of ground truth. Politically motivated actors especially can take whatever interpretation they choose, end quote. And that is absolutely true. You now have the ability to be like, nothing's real. You can't believe what you read. You cannot believe what you see. You cannot believe what you hear, which has a very destabilizing effect on people because your world is no longer believable. Everybody lives on a screen, it seems. And if you can't believe what's on those screens, then you've gone down a very slippery slope because you can't trust any of the information coming in. It can all be faked. We've seen major news organizations who either intentionally faked information or got duped themselves. So who can you trust to be bringing you the truth? How do you know that the sources that you have are real and accurate. They want to claim that they're going to be able to have technology that will be able to decipher what is artificial intelligence created and what is not. But I'm very dubious on that claim. I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as easy as people believe, which leaves us in the state of events that even if it's a very clear 4K video, there's a good chance it was faked. Now, if the video is grainy and crappy, well, it's even easier, of course, to fake that. But the technology is there to put people in places that they were never in to make them sound like they're saying something, which is why it is no surprise that these robocalls were one of the first things that are going to be popping up during this election cycle. Because phones overall suck. You don't even have to be that perfect when it comes to a fake AI voice when it's being delivered over a phone because it sounds like it's coming through an old kid's walkie-talkie. So 
you have a lot less clues there. People are just listening for the words, and if the voice is even close, people will buy it. So be aware of that and be critical when doing your thinking or reading or watching. And understand that not everything is as it seems. On a completely different note, the Hall of Fame announced three new inductees, all of them worthy. Joe Maurer going in with 76% of the vote. Long time great for the Minnesota Twins. Todd Helton going in with 79.7% of the vote. And Adrian Beltre with 95.1% of the vote. One of the most entertaining third basemen ever to play the game. And it was interesting to see the comments because a lot of people don't even think anybody should be allowed into the Hall of Fame. A lot of comments like, I guess it's the Hall of kind of good players now. And I've always had a problem with the name Hall of Fame because is it that you made a difference? Was it that you were a personality that was larger than life? Is it that you're a guy that's going to be remembered? For how you played and the things that you did on and off the field? Or is it just the Hall of Stats? A lot of people want it to be the Hall of Stats where they want to look at things and be like, oh, you're not worthy. And a lot of people, I think, are missing out. If it's the Hall of Fame, my favorite pitcher of all time, Mark Burley, should be in the Hall of Fame. He only got 32 votes this time around, 8.3%. That's down about 10 votes from last year but it is over that five percent margin so he will once again be on the ballot next year they stay on for 10 years as long as they're getting at least five percent of the vote and mark burley i would make the case if you look at the numbers is close he was not a dominant force in the way that Randy Johnson was. He didn't throw 100 miles an hour. He didn't mow people down left and right. But he did the job. He pitched more innings than most. He had a longer career than most. He pitched a perfect game. He pitched a no-hitter. He hit a home run, and he had a save that is now legendary in the World Series in 2005 for the White Sox. I believe I've talked about it on this show that the story that came out was he was having a few beers, never thinking they were going to get to him. He was told, nope, never going to get to you. And the game went and went and went, and they went through pitchers, and they finally said, Burley, go. And uh, he got the save. And the story is that, you know, maybe four beers, five beers while waiting for the game to progress. The thing of legends, the guy used to dive on the tarps, have a whole lot of fun. I think his numbers are close enough. And I think that somebody who had over 200 victories, I think he had two sixteen. It used to be, you had to get 300 victories. Kind of. That was one of the marks. If you got 300 wins, yeah, then you were going to be a hall of famer. Pitchers are not throwing as much. We know either for as many years as their careers once were. And we now know that in the olden days where the pitchers would pitch the whole game unless something drastic happened, 
We moved into a whole new era where relief pitchers were used. We're in an era now that if the starter makes it five or six innings, yeah, that's great. So I think you should uh, give a little bit more credit for what Mark Burley did, even though he was not a flamethrower. He was the epitome of a crafty lefty who got the game finished as fast as possible and was very entertaining to watch. Huge fan favorite, but he does not like talking, so maybe the media holds that against him a little bit. My dad forwarded me an article yesterday and how he just hated talking in front of a microphone when they retired his jersey on the south side of Chicago, and he knew he was going to have to go out and make some comments, make a little speech in front of the thirty or 40,000 fans that showed up. He was in the hotel room beforehand, basically dry heaving, and his daughter's like, what's the matter with you? He's like, it's totally different going out and talking in front of that many people as opposed to going out and pitching. Because the guy that was doing the interview with him was like, but you've been out there. You were pitching in front of even more people. He's like, yeah, but I didn't have to talk. So there are some people, I guess, like me, who have the gift of the gab that would be more than happy to go talk. And then there are guys with true talent like Mark Burley, who probably belongs in the Hall of Fame. He may not get there, but that's okay. He will always be my favorite pitcher once I saw him pitch a perfect game in person. My mom and I were at the game. Once that happened, I knew there was never going to be another baseball game that I could ever go to for the rest of my life that would be as exciting. Because when you get to see your favorite pitcher do something that only a handful of people have done, it's never going to repeat. It's never going to happen again you may as well just find a different sport. And I kind of have. It's almost time to fire up those NASCAR engines again. I want to thank you, though, for listening to this Random Thoughts podcast. It's the little podcast that could. It is a value for value podcast. They go out. They're not behind a paywall. You get to decide if you've gotten any value out of these shows whatsoever. You can get some value back to us in any way that you would like. One of those is monetarily by going to random thoughts, R-E-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate, clicking that donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal using the QR codes or wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, the PO box address is there for those who would like to go checks, money orders, whatever. And then we can get boosted. If you're in the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, newpodcastapps.com. If you want to get more information on that, And I do have a few people to thank for today, including Anonymous, who came in with a $25 check. Always appreciate it. Missed listening to you the last few weeks of the year. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I wanted to be doing more shows. That's for sure. Damn COVID. I mean, I made a fun joke, and that's what got me, I think, was, hey, if you want to hear more random thoughts before the end of the year, donate. And then somebody donated COVID and that kind of screwed all of it up. But thank you for supporting the Random Thoughts podcast. You know who you are. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, we know him. $15 monthly. That is very much appreciated, Sir Sean. He is one of the patron saints of podcasts. He donates to a lot of them. And it is very much appreciated. Again, especially in this Biden economy, when money is tight. 
keeping the web hosting going in the P.O. box, 166 bucks. Did I mention that on the last show? It's $166 now for the smallest of P.O. boxes. Dame Slamey coming in with $10.33 because 33 is the magic number. She says, hey, Darren O, thank you for your cool head and even keel. If you ever visit Austin, I'll join Sir Brian with an eye to shake your hand, even though the city sucks. Thank you for your courage. No, thank you, Dame Slamey. I mean, I just say Austin because, I mean, if I would ever get down to Texas, I would have to go to Austin. I mean, there's good music there still. It depends. If Gene, that I do the unrelenting show with, if he is still in Austin or not, I think he's looking for an exit strategy because, you know, I complain about how much groceries are here. Nothing compared to what they are in austin dale jr coming in with a twenty thousand satoshi boost along with a hundred dollars per minute and it was like a 40 something minute show so i think this puts him at like 950 975 somewhere like that so this is very much appreciated he says i'm in total agreement with the negativity detox the only social media i am attached to now is Noster. And that is strictly for the Bitcoin content. This weekend near me on the interstate, there was a huge weather-related pileup and some people were trapped in their cars for 11 hours. Imagine trying to stay warm that long in an electric vehicle with 35% battery. Well, you can't, Dale Jr., that's the problem. With the electric cars, all sorts of different problems that they bring. And they will get there. I have no doubt, but when you're forcing people to buy something when the technology is not yet ready, then all sorts of bad things happen because people are now poor, they don't have any money, and then they don't have a functioning vehicle, which is maybe what they wanted the end result to be in the first place. Hybrids are the way to go, and I don't understand why the push for total electric is where it's at, because a hybrid if they can pull that off, and I think a few have done it fairly well, the hybrid concept, which is if you're just driving locally around town, you can do it all on battery slash electric, where if you want to take a bit more of a road trip, if you have really cold weather, if you have other issues going on that don't really fit in with what the electric vehicle range and abilities are good for, then you can also do that with the same vehicle. That would seem to make more sense, but that's not what we get. But thank you for supporting Random Thoughts, and thank you to the Anonymous for a 500 Satoshi boost. Again, if you want to get into the whole Satoshi thing, it is the future, I think, of music and podcasting where people get funds to the musicians and the podcasters and the people creating content that they like without having to go through a big, bad middleman. Again, you can go to newpodcastapps.com. But thank you to everybody for supporting the Random Thoughts podcast. It is very much appreciated. I plan on doing another show. No more COVID. At least I shouldn't get COVID for at least another six months, right? Or another flu or anything like that. I will be back next week, come hell or high water, with another. I shouldn't really, I shouldn't tempt the fates with saying that. I really shouldn't. But I plan on being back 
next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thank you for listening. 